How is everybody tonight? Pretty good? Do you love God's presence? Well, we're going to kind of change gears a little bit here. Hey, but we'll get back into that later on. We're going to have some time to uh, worship and pray for some people later on tonight. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15. We'll start there. Everybody good tonight? I know you've been in a tender moment, but we're still going to be responders, right? And uh, I'm seeing a lot of COTR Nashville on the front, so that means you got my back, right? Okay, because front row people got to have my back when it comes to preaching. So 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to start there. And um, hasn't everybody been really good? The speakers, the worship, the team competitions. Have you enjoyed that this week? Now... I am hoarse, as I usually am on the third night of summer camp. So, just a disclaimer, there might be some cracks that happen. It usually does. Usually the third night after yelling at team competitions and dance parties, which I shouldn't have to yell at anymore because you know to dance. Can I get an Amen. But usually the third night, I am pretty hoarse. I'm not as bad as I've been before. A couple times, it was pretty rough. But uh, still a little hoarse. So just a just heads up. I know there's going to be a lot of little giggles going on if my voice cracks tonight. So especially from Charlesi, wherever he's at in the building. He'll probably laugh at me and make fun of me. But it'll be okay. Right? So let's read in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12, it says, Now if Christ is preached, he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Now let's jump down to verse 17. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you still are in your sins, then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiful. Now let's look over at Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. I'd like to read a couple of verses before we get going tonight. So you're going to respond, right? Okay, let me hear you. Let me hear this section second. All right, it's pretty pathetic. Let's try it one more time. Okay. That was a sound, sound tape, right? <laughs> That's it. That's what I wanted. One more time. Okay. All right. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. 
Give your neighbor a high five and say, I'm ready. Another neighbor, find him. I'm ready. Okay. Hey, can I get a little bit more volume on this mic just because I'm a little raspy today? I like to get loud. All right, Ephesians 2 and verse 4. It says, but God. I can't make that joke. I made it too many camps in a row. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. Verse 6. And he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace towards us in Christ Jesus. For grace have you been saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? Okay. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is The Resurrection Changes Everything. The Resurrection Changes Everything. The Resurrection Changes Everything. Let's look back over at 1 Corinthians one more time. 1 Corinthians, verse 15. 1 Corinthians 15. In 1 Corinthians 15, once again, it says in verse 13, it says, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and faith is also empty. So we're talking tonight about the resurrection changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. This means that our entire faith in preaching hinges on that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Because if he didn't, summer camp is pointless. Your life is pointless. Faith is pointless because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then he's really not God. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is empty. Our faith is, is futile. And all our hope hinges on that Jesus actually rose from the dead like he said he did. Because it would be pointless if he just went to the cross because there is thousands and thousands of people that went to a cross just like Jesus did. He would just be another person that went to a cross and died under the Roman government. But it was more than that because he was God and is God. And he not only went to the cross and paid for our sins, but he rose from the dead. And our entire faith hinges on that. Because it says preaching would be empty, but that's not true. Your faith in a guy named Jesus or God would be empty apart from the resurrection. So we see that the resurrection changes everything. The resurrection changes all of history. The resurrection changes your life. The resurrection that Jesus actually raised from the dead changes everything. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. The resurrection changes everything. 
Now, we need to understand this, that when Jesus died on the cross, not only did he die for all the sins of the world, he died for all the sickness that would come across us. He died for all the depression. He died for all the suicidal thoughts. He died for all the poverty. He died for anything that would be against your life. He died and took on for himself all of that on the cross. But then he went to hell for three days and paid the price. Now, he went there so you wouldn't have to. That's the good news right there. And Jesus went to hell for three days to pay the ultimate price for sin. But something happened three days later. Because he's God and because he completely satisfied for all time, he rose from the dead. And he rose up. He rose from the grave, but he rose from hell itself. Now, there's a reason why we're talking about this. Now, I'm not cussing, so everybody chill out. But you got to understand that he rose from hell, literally. The place, hell, literally, which none of you have ever been there. You've never been there, and thank God you'll never have to go there. But he rose from a literal hell because I was thinking about this earlier, and you got to realize that he only, he not only overcame sin, but he overcame the world, he overcame the devil, and he overcame all of hell itself for us. But the fact is that Jesus raised from the dead in hell, the worst place possible. The reason we're, we're talking about this tonight is this, because if Jesus could raise from a literal hell, what can he do in your life? And some of you say, I'm going through hell. Some of you have said that. Some of you feel that way. But think about this. Jesus was literally in hell. So whatever hell sends you and whatever you're going through right now, realize if God could raise Jesus in literal hell, raise him from the dead, he can raise you out of any situation you're in. In any hell that the enemy would try to send in your life, how much more could God do in your life if he did that in the life of Jesus? Now, I'm going to prove it to you because it's one thing for me to just say it, but I got a scripture for you. You ready? Romans 8. Romans 8. You know, it's great to shout about it, but you've got to have some proof. So Romans 8, in verse 11, says this. Romans 8 and verse 11 says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, say in me, in me, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, notice, dwells in you, who He raised Christ from the dead, He will also give life or raise you up your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. 
Now, here's something else about Jesus. Though he was God, he put aside those privileges because he walked as a man. And he had to pay the price as a man. Because man got us into this mess. Where's Sookie at? I can't see you. All this mess. Yeah, that's our go-to lately. He got us into this mess, so guess what? A man's going to have to get us out of the mess. So that's why Jesus had to operate as a man. And it says that Jesus was a man, but he had the Spirit of God in him. And that is what raised him from hell, was the Spirit of God raised him up, not just spiritually, but even physically raised him up. But the good news is this, that that same Spirit lives in you right now at Summer Camp 2016. So that means that the Spirit of God could raise him up in that situation. How much more can he raise up anything in your life that needs to change? Any dark, scary, horrible place you're in right now, the Spirit of God can resurrect your life and he can make you rise out of all that stuff that you're in right now because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. The same Spirit that was in Jesus is in you. And notice he raised him from the dead and he can raise you. Anything that's dead in your life right now, he can raise it. Any situation in your life, he can raise it. I'm preaching ten times better than you're saying anything tonight. But that's the best news we ever heard. You know, the good news is not just that Jesus rose from the dead. That is, that is good news. That's great news. But it doesn't stop there. The good news is not just that he rose, it's that we can rise. That's the good news right there. Because a lot of Christians just want to talk about how heroes, which is awesome, heroes, heroes. But Jesus didn't go through all that just so you could talk about what happened to him. He did that for you. He did that so you could rise. He did that so you could get out of all the mess you're in. He did that so you could get out of the hell that you're experiencing right now. He didn't do it just for himself. He did it for you. So the good news is not just that Jesus rose, it's that we can rise. So let's finish that statement when we're talking to people. Because people want to know, what does that pertain to my life? How does that fit in my life? Awesome, Jesus rose from the dead, but how does that affect my Monday through Saturday? I'll tell you how it affects it. Because he rose, we can rise. Because of the Spirit of God. Come on, you getting something tonight? So the good news is that he rose so we can rise because we have the same spirit on the inside of us. If you're saved, you've accepted Jesus into your heart, that means you have the same spirit that Jesus had, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not saved, you need to get saved, and you can get saved tonight. But that's the spirit you have, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead. So he rose so we can rise. Let's look at Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, and we're going to start in verse 4. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. You guys still here? You excited to be here tonight? 
I cannot see this section whatsoever because of the light right now. I'm believing you guys are with me. I can't see. You guys look cool. Your silhouettes look really awesome right now. You got great heads on you. Good hair. Everything looks really good. So Ephesians 2 and verse 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Notice verse 6. And he raised us up together. 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 So the real, the real question is this. A lot of us are thinking God needs to do something for you, but actually he already did it. And we just have to find out what he already did and receive it. Because in reality, 2,000 years ago when Jesus raised from the dead, he raised all of you at the same time. And when he rose, you rose. Now, how do we have that in our life? We have to receive what he provided all those many years ago when he rose from the dead. But in the eyes of God, he raised us up together with him at that very moment. So really, in reality, God doesn't need to do anything else for you because he already did. We just have to wake up to the reality of where we are risen to. Because he's raised us up, notice, together. He did it at the same time. When Jesus rose from the dead, you rose from the dead. You guys didn't know that. You didn't know that. You thought that only happens on the walking dead. In reality, when he rose from the dead, in the eyes of God, you rose with him. So it says he raised us up together to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He raised us up together to sit with him in heavenly places. He raised us up together to sit with him. So here's something you need to understand about the New Testament, about what God has provided for you, is that everything that God has provided is already finished. It's a completed work. So why aren't we walking in it? Because we haven't received what he's already done. You realize when somebody gets saved, maybe somebody will get saved tonight. Jesus doesn't have to go back to the cross and do something about it. He already did. And in the eyes of God, when they receive Jesus, they receive that resurrection. They receive that seating that they are raised up together to sit with Jesus. Now understand this. This is not physically you've been raised up to heaven and you're sitting with Jesus. Right. Nobody's in heaven right now. Are you? Is anybody there? Physically, you're not in heaven, the place. 
but he's talking spiritually and your connection with God. And he raised us up together to sit with him. Now, here's something that happens when you understand what God has done for you. There is the position that God raised you up to. But sometimes our condition is not the same as our position. Because a lot of you are saying, what the heck? Or maybe something else, what the boop? Since we were just talking about the other word. If I'm raised up, then life stinks right now. I'll raise with Christ. Yeah, right. But the reality is that God's word is true. And the truth is that you are raised up with Christ. And that's your position. But sometimes our condition is not the same as our position. Because that's on our side. Now I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Let's talk. Can we talk? Let's talk on July 4th, 2016. Let's look over at Colossians. Colossians 3. You guys still here tonight? You still want to be here tonight? You're still super glad that you're here tonight? Positive. 100%. Okay, just check it. Colossians 3. So even though our position is raised up, sometimes our condition doesn't match that. And we could all say amen to that. So how do we change that? How do we receive what God has done for us? What's an ongoing thing? It's an ongoing process. Like Pastor Keith talked about last night about heaven on earth. And bringing what heaven has to earth. It doesn't happen just because you heard it once. It's an ongoing process for the rest of your life. Renewing your mind to the fact that you're raised together with him. And the more you have knowledge of that, the more you'll experience that as your condition. Not just your position. Are you hearing me this Monday Monday morning, Monday night. So as soon as we renew our minds to the fact that God has raised us up, we will experience it. So Colossians 3 and verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Everybody point up. Seek those things which are above. Why? Because you're raised up. So you need to think up. And you need to bless. Okay. You guys never heard that before? Okay, like two people. All right. Miss Crystal heard it. All right. She's on it. I guess the rest of you live in a shelter in Idaho or something. All right. Thanks. Just trying to be relatable. Where are you at, Corey Group? You're like hanging me out to dry up here. You act like, oh, he's not our youth pastor. I don't know what he's talking about. Bless up. I only listen to Carmen. Okay. All right. The funny fact is most of the Corey Group doesn't even know about Carmen for the most part. All right. 
Colossians 3, verse 1. We'll try this one more time because it's a little, a little tough crowd. You guys are a little stiff right now. I'm expecting the quarry to have my back immediately for the rest of the service. And then you were raised with Christ. Just give me a sympathy laugh, even though it's not funny. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Why? Because that's where you are seated. Above. Where Christ is sitting, notice at the right hand of God. Now notice you're not physically up there. But your position is up there. Your authority is up there. The way you should live your life is from up there. Even though you're not physically up there yet, you have been raised with Christ. So notice he says in verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So he says, if you're going to live up there, if you're going to live a risen life, then you need to think up there. Because the reason you're living at this low-level condition it's because you think at a low-level condition. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. Okay, I felt like this corner was the quietest, so I just had to give them something. Okay. What was going on back there? That's a weird noise. Okay. So he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, because you will experience the condition that you think about the most. And even though you are raised positionally, if you think like the world, you will live in a worldly condition. So you got to raise your level of thinking to meet where you are as in your position with Christ. Am I throwing this over your head tonight or you understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to rap position, condition. I'm not trying to freestyle up here. I'm just trying to explain myself. It's like position, condition. I don't get it. I don't get it. So for you to rise higher, you got to think higher. Mm-hmm. Where my COCR Nashville group at? Come on. I thought somebody from COCR Nashville would have my back. They're used to shouting at a preacher, Pastor Keith, all the time. Uh-huh. I hear Miss Crystal, too. So if we're going to rise higher, we're going to have to think higher. You want your condition to be the same as your position? You're going to need to raise your level of thinking to not think about the things of the earth, but think on things above. Why? Because that's where you are seated. Up here. And so if we want to rise higher, we're going to have to think higher thoughts. What are higher thoughts? They're God's thoughts. It says in Isaiah that God's ways are higher than our ways. And God's ways and thoughts are different than our thoughts. 
So we're going to have to change the way we think. You know, it says in Proverbs that as you think, so are you. No more, no less. So if you think down here, then you'll be down here. Even though that's not your position in Christ. But notice if we think up here, we'll be up here. Because when we think higher, we'll rise higher. You still listening tonight? So we need to raise our level of thinking. Now, how do we do that? You have to think like God thinks. Now, how are you going to know how God thinks? The word of God. The word of God. Now, let me tell you something. If you can't read King James, which nobody can, I can't. Get you a Bible that you can understand. There's no excuse. There is literally hundreds of translations. Come on, for goodness sakes, they got anime Bibles, hip-hop Bibles, Call of Duty Bibles, Barbie Bibles, makeup Bibles. They have every Bible you have ever thought of that you can understand. Now, you maybe not, you can't trust the translation, but it's still a Bible named after something. So, how do we think higher thoughts? We've got to think the way God thinks, and we learn that through the Word of God, the Bible. Shocker, I know. Oh, my gosh, you said read your Bible at summer camp. Revelation. I realize I'm spitting so much revelation up here. But notice when we think higher, we'll rise higher. You want to start living where you are positionally? You got to think higher because that's the real you. That's who you really are. I've heard this quote before, but this is something we need to think about pertaining to us who have accepted Jesus into our life. Thinking about the Christian life, and this quote said this, the Christian life is not trying to be someone we are not. It's about becoming who we truly are. Where you at? Where you at tonight? And that's what we've been talking about. Your position's up here. And just because your condition doesn't look like that right now, your position in Christ is up here. And that's the real you. If you never become the real you, it's not on God, it's on you. And it's not about trying to be someone we're not. We're becoming who we really truly are. Because that's the real us now in Christ. Now you might act differently like that, but that's not the real you anymore. You might sin some, some, but you're not that person anymore. You might mess up some, but that's not you anymore. Because the Christian life is not trying to be someone we're not. It's becoming who we truly are. And who are we really? We are raised together and sitting with Christ. That's our position. Are you picking up what I'm laying down so far? I'm going to have to stomp my feet up here. Sookie, I see your head moving side to side, so that means I'm preaching good. Thank you, Devon Victory Nubo. Let's look over at Hebrews 12. Now, now we go get there, okay? You're going to have to get your scissors back out from last year. We're going there. Hebrews 12. All right. Everybody's still good. Everybody's still excited. All right. It's only 835. 
Man, we got all sorts of time. So, if we want to live a higher life, if we want to raise higher, we got to think higher. Now, Romans 12 and verse 1 says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice that he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. There's other reasons why we don't live this risen life now. There's reasons why we don't rise higher. So we're going to talk about weights. Most people don't rise higher because there's too much weight. And we know that. Pastor Keith just showed us last night with balloons. There's too much weight at the bottom of it. It's not going to rise higher. That can pertain to anything. That can pertain to an airplane. Pertain to all sorts of stuff. We know that. Just in the natural, if there's too much weight, it's not going to rise. But it's the same for us. And God says that you need to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares you from living this risen life. So weights are things that hold us down so that we don't rise. Weights are things that hold you down and hold you back from fulfilling the plan of God. Thinking about a race, weights are things that slow you down from running the race that God has given you to run. Why? Because there's too much weight. Too much weight. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to lose weight. Don't swing at anybody. No other comments, please. That was enough to cause a fight. Hey, look at your other neighbor and say, you need to lose weight. Okay. Come back, come back. Nobody hurt anybody. So God tells us that if we're going to rise higher, we're going to have to cut weight from our lives. Okay, Nashville, you want to sing it? Go ahead. No. <laughs> I'm trying not to get the scissors back out, but I, I, I feel like they got to come back out. All right, one more time. Get the scissors out. Okay. So, if we're going to rise higher, we need to cut the weight off of our lives. If we're going to rise higher, we can't be too heavy that we're not going to be able to fulfill the plan of God for our life. So God says that you need to get rid of every weight and every sin 
that hinders your life. That's what summer camp is all about. Because stuff happens during the year, and you realize you collected some weight by the time you get to summer camp. Okay. TBH. As a 29-year-old male living on the planet right now, there's something that happens. You're eating Taco Bell. Don't judge me. You're eating McDonald's. And what happens after months and months and months, you get on the scale and you say, I've been collecting some weight. How in the world did this happen? I put on my freshman 15, my freshman 40, and I'm not even in school. But notice that's what happens in every person here, including the pastors in the back, their life. You live your life and you don't realize that you're starting to collect weight. And then one day, I didn't mean it like that, I'm sorry. But notice, one day, you can't run as fast because you're fat. Not naturally, spiritually speaking. Are we going there tonight? You want me to go there? So notice, you can't run as fast as you used to. Why? Because you've got too much weight. For ballers like myself, you can't jump as high as you used to because you've got too much weight. That weight's bringing you down to gravity quicker than you thought. God. And you can't jump like you used to. And you used to be the exception to white man can't jump. That was me. It's a true fact. There was many times in the hood playing basketball, I was referred to as white chocolate. You could see that. You could see that, couldn't you? Miss Crystal can say amen to that. Because white stereotypes, I'm going there, white stereotypes don't fit me anyways. <laughs> I always got to throw some shade at white people while I'm here. All right. Some people just got it and some people don't. I mean, it's just, it's my cross to bear. Okay, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. All right, all right, here. I let go of this a long time ago, guys. So, you notice after a while you start not moving as quick as you used to. Not jumping as high as you used to. Not being able to rise because there's too much weight in your life. And one day, like myself, you get on the scale. You normally don't do that. And you say... Oh, my God. How did this happen? And really the thing that gets you first before the scale is the pants. You don't even have to weigh yourself. <laughs> I've gained weight. Okay, my shirts don't fit anymore. I've gained weight. 
Anybody say amen in here? But the same thing happens in our lives with things that the enemy sends us. We start collecting them. And we don't even realize it until we get a summer camp or a place like this where we can hear the voice of God because we haven't been able to hear the voice of God because there's so much distraction in our life. And now God is actually talking to you about the weights in your life that you should have dealt with months ago, but you couldn't hear him back then. And then you get to camp and you go, I'm fat. Spiritually, spiritually, chill out, everybody, spiritually. And we got too much weight. So we're going to have to lose weight if we're going to rise higher. And here's something I also did, you know, because I could jump back in the day. Amen. Somebody get her some stuff off the merch table before the night's over. But I used to wear ankle weights because I wanted to rise higher. Y'all remember Space Jam? Michael Jordan was my guy. He still is. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Where you at, Suki? I see you running through that open door. Come on, sing it, Luther Vandross. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I wore ankle weights because I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to fly. I wanted to dunk. Now, there's a little situation that's called I'm 5'9". Five, five Don't argue with me about that. I'm 5'9". <laughs> and he happens to be 6'6". Six six. So there's a little difference there. But I wore ankle weights because I thought it would help me rise higher. But it did. It worked. But what would happen would be I would play for hours of basketball with these ankle weights on. And then I'd go and actually play on an eight-foot rim. <laughs> right? An eight-foot rim. And I could rise because the ankle weights were gone. And I could rise higher. <laughs> Are you guys really impressed that I dunked on an eight-foot goal? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're making me so confident right now. She's like, yes, you can, you can dunk. You can do everything. We love you. We're impressed. You dunked on an eight-foot goal. Awesome. Man, you are with me, COTR Nashville. Thank you, guys. The Corey group's like, man, this guy's weird. He's lost at summer camp. Why is he? He's embarrassing us in front of everybody. So the ankle weights, notice when you would take them off, you could rise higher than you could before without them. And notice when the weight was gone, you could rise higher. So we need to slim down spiritually tonight. I'm not going to even say tomorrow. I'm going to say tonight. We need to cut some weight tonight. We need to get in the spiritual sauna tonight. Get you a garbage bag on like they do in the sauna to cut some weight tonight spiritually. Because the weight's got to go tonight. So we got to cut some weight if we're going to rise higher. 
we got to lose some weight if we're going to run faster. If we're going to fulfill the plan of God. If we're going to live, notice his risen life. Are you guys still here tonight? Yeah. Now we're going to have to talk about what you got to cut. You got to cut it. Okay. Now, the fun fact about this is we mentioned this last year. Not everything I'm going to say. I'm saying some different stuff. We mentioned some of this last year, and you guys did all that, and a lot of you put the same weight back on. I'm not throwing shade right now. I'm just being serious. Like we all do when we go on a diet plan. You slim down for a few weeks, and then you get on the scale. Well, I'm back in my old weight again. Isn't that what we do every year at summer camp? Come on, somebody be real with me here. During the school year, during your life outside of the plan of God, you're gaining all this weight, and you get back to camp, and you're like, I thought I got rid of this last year at camp. But it's back. So we've got to make a decision tonight. We're going to lose it, and we're going to keep it off. So hopefully you're not offended at all my weight analogies tonight. Okay. So this is the one, well, there's multiple ones here, but let's talk about this for a moment. We're still good on time. You guys still excited? Still want to be here? Okay. Here's something that happens. This is really... The first couple of these are really the biggest weights that I ever see with especially young people. I mean, all people struggle with this weight, but especially youth and young adults struggle more in this area because they care so much about what people think about them. And they're so lonely, they'll make friends with anybody. The first weight we want to talk about is your friends. I know there's a proverbial youth group sigh when someone brings up friends. Why? Because you have the wrong ones in your life right now. Now, why do young people don't want you to bring up friends at youth group? Why don't they want, because they have the wrong ones and they don't want to change. So they don't want to hear it. Okay. Now, the thing is, too, that a lot of people will sacrifice living this risen life just for a friend who really doesn't love you at all anyways. The thing is that a lot of us, when you get a little bit older, you realize the value of good friends versus wrong friends. But to be honest, when we're younger, we're just looking for anybody who likes us. Or anybody we think that they're cool, we want to get in their club, and, the, and we want to party with them, we want to hang out with them, we want to have a relationship with that person just because they're popular and they're a weight bringing us down. So, if we're going to rise high, we're going to have to cut some weight. And the first one is your friends. Let me say a couple things about friends tonight. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who you're hanging out with right now is who you're going to be in the future. The closest people to you is who you're going to become like. 
That's why it's so important we get in environments like this at summer camp because you're meeting not just people from your church but from other churches that you can have lifetime friendships with and you can encourage each other. And there's 201 people in here. So there is more than enough people to go around and have good friends for everybody. So nobody can leave this place and say, well, I don't have any good friends, so I'm just going to have to sacrifice to get the ones I got. Well, you can keep them, but you're not going to rise. So you're going to have to choose to cut the weight. It's time to lose the weight. If we're going to rise higher. Friendships. So friendships are so important. Now, how can you understand who's somebody you should keep in your life or not? Well, that person doesn't have to be perfect to stay in your life. We know that. But that person should be encouraging you about your relationship with God. That person should be praying for you. That person should be encouraging you going to church, not discouraging it. That person should be fueling your relationship with God and fueling the plan of God for your life, not discouraging that. Because if they are, you got to cut them. Too much weight. Sometimes you got to have to just tell a friend, you are making me fat. Got to go. Bye, Felicia. Got to go. Got to do it. You are making me fat. Me hanging out with you is like me eating McDonald's every day of my life, and you are making me fat. It's convenient, but it's not good for you. I don't know if you're angry or you're amening right then. Ah, kill him. Ah, get him off the mic. Isn't that what we do? That's why we eat fast food. It's horrible for you. There's no even real food in the food you're eating. It's literal plastic from China in a french fry. And you're eating it. But why do we choose it so much? It's convenient. It's easy. And it's making you fat. All right. Are you guys still here? Okay. So let's be careful that we don't just get our friends just because they're nice to us or just because they go to the same school as us, just because they live nearby us. Or we've always been friends. That's my boy. Well, maybe your boy's making you fat. You say, I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance, okay? Because my pants spiritually can't fit anymore with me and you hanging out together. Something's got to give here. And it's not going to be in my pants because I'm not buying those stretchy jeans. Okay? I'm a dude. I tried it once. It felt weird. I'm not buying stretchy jeans. Okay. This is a legitimate size jean. These are 30 30 skinny jeans from American Eagle. Somebody say, come on now. Hey, say amen to that. No stretch in them whatsoever. The thing about stretchy jeans or stretchy pants, stretchy pants, 
right? Nacho Libre? Okay. What happens? It fools you into thinking that you're skinnier than you actually are. Isn't that the truth? And usually the people wearing them don't need to wear skin-tight pants anyways. All right. You guys are messing with me tonight. I got to close this down. Devon Victory Newbolt, even though I can't see you, I know you're encouraging every word of this. I can see your silhouette right now. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Hopefully you're not just laughing, you're actually getting some out of this. So you need to cut some friends because it's too much weight. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. Especially if you go to school with them every day. Especially if you live by them. I'm not saying be mean to them. Don't be a jerk. Be nice. Be Christian. Holy. Nice. But that means don't get those people super close to you. Don't make them your best friends. Don't do life with those people. You can still hang out with them, but make sure the right people are the closest people to you. So friends are a big weight. Now this one is going to get, it's going there. The next one, the next weight you need to cut, lose, is bay. You messing with me, Sookie. You messing with me. You're going to have to let go of Bay. She's making you fat. <laughs> hey, what happened back there? I can't hear. Oh. That means your boo, your thing, your girl, your boy, your boyfriend or girlfriend. Okay? Your boyfriend or girlfriend. All right. So, all right, come back to me. Come back to me. Come on. We, we got stuff to do here. We got stuff to do. We need to come back. We're going to have some ministry time tonight. So another way in your life could be bay. It's a... Uh, it's bringing you down. I know a lot of you in here cut relationships after camp last year, but some reason that person that's making you fat is showing their ugly fat head again for some strange reason. You need to make these decisions here. You need to make these decisions right now. Let me tell you something about Bay. Here's how you know you need to cut them. You need to let them go. Do they go to your church? That's a random question. <laughs> are you going to fight me or are you saying amen? <laughs> Amen. 
is going on? Do they go to your church? That's a simple question. We're going deeper. Do they encourage your relationship with God or discourage it? Do they want you to pursue the plan of God or do they want you to pursue them? Calm down. (laughs) All right. They are dabbing like crazy in this back row. You guys have gone way beyond summer camp has ever been before. Hey, these are legitimate questions. These questions shouldn't be a big deal, but a lot of you still have relationships with people that don't even meet one of these questions. The question is why? They're making you fat. Why? So, obese. You went there. They are making you obese. Ouch. So ask yourself this, is this relationship with this person bringing me closer to the plan of God or further away? If it's not, now, now don't, don't get in the gray area and say, well, it's kind. No, that's a no. That's a no. That's a no. Well, you know, that's a no. Okay. Why? Because that person will hold you back from rising. That person will hold you back from running your race, but they're hot. That's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. Hey, hell's hot. Come on now, somebody. Say amen to that. Hey. Hey. If you want hot, get you a Snuggie and a heated blanket and turn up the heat. You can be as hot as you want. Okay, I got I to gotta go somewhere here. We, we don't have much more time. We don't have much more time. Okay. So about Bay, let, let's talk about Bay a little bit more before we get. You guys are absolutely wild tonight. That's what happens on the third night. Okay. So, you might need to lose some weight when it comes to bay. Let me go ahead and say this. If you don't have, I'm going to sound like such an adult. I apologize, but I am. If you don't have a job, a car, can wash your own underwear (laughs) then you shouldn't have a bay anyways you guys are wild look at these men dabbing over here TBH and TBR. 
So, and I know when I just said that, when I just said that, every person that is that age that wants to be in a relationship didn't like that. I know. I was there at one time in my life. I heard adults say that. Hey, don't say yes. I heard that. Come on, Mom. Play games with me. Say yes. All right. Okay, we're going to wrap this up and have some ministry time. We're going to have some ministry time. So you might need to lose some weight and need to make this decision tonight. And notice when you get back home and you turn your phone back on, and there's going to be a lot of text messages from Bay. There's going to be a lot of Snapchats from Bay. Hopefully appropriate. Probably not. Okay, okay, come back, come back, come back. Let me finish. I'm trying to finish this message. We're trying to move on. So, I know it's one thing to make that decision here when they're not here. And when you get back to real life and you're not in this environment and you receive all those texts and snaps and voicemails and everything else. It's going to be so tempting to go back, especially when school starts back up, especially when you go back to work. It's going to be hard to say no, but do you want to rise or not? And trust me, if you give up the wrong person for God, God will always send you the right person. And they'll be better than the person that you thought was so hot. Okay. Lastly, but not least, before we go to this last point, I want to say this about relationships because some of you have the lost puppy syndrome. Some of you are keeping relationships with a girl or guy because you feel like it's your job to save them. It's your job to help them on their journey with God. But your motives can't be pure if you like them already. Because the thing will happen is this, because they don't want a relationship with God, but they want you, so they'll say whatever you want to hear. Oh, I'll come to church. I'll come to youth camp. So when we're talking about Bay, even people you call works in progress, you got to cut the fat. Isn't that the truth? Because some of, the, some of you, that's the situation. Your heart goes out towards them because you want them to be in the house of God. You want them to get their life right, which is good. That doesn't that mean you uh, defriend them. 
It means you can still be their friend, but you got to cut off that relationship. Because you're not their savior anyways. You can help them. You can help lead them in the right direction. But you know what? They're going to have to make that decision. You can't make them love God just because you want them And that's what a lot of you people have in mind. You're like, they're going to get right. They're going to get right. They're going to come to church. They're going to be involved. But you got to cut it. Because it's only bringing you down. Okay, lastly, lastly, you guys have been out of control tonight. Here's something, and this is not a master list, but here's something else. Secret sin. Secret sin brings you down. Secret sin weighs on you. And actually sometimes more than other things because it's only you that know. So even when other people could think you're great, if you're dealing with that, it's weighing you down. And I would say with a lot of you, you don't want to be involved in it anymore anyways. Nobody does after a while. But notice secret sin, what does it do? It keeps you from rising. Not because God doesn't want you to rise. It's because you internally feel so guilty, it keeps you from rising. It keeps you way down. It keeps you inward. It keeps you alone and by yourself. So secret sin will weigh you down. And tonight is the night to let it go. It's making you fat. You got to let it go. So we can rise higher. Because that's what secret sin is. It's like if, you know, we put a bunch of weights on you and tried to get you up in the air. It's not going to happen because there's too much weight. You're not going to be able to rise. You know, secret sin could be a lot of things. I'm not going to call out everything, but it could be pornography. That's very common for guys and girls, especially guys. Once again, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just being real. And I think every guy could admit in here, for the most part, especially older, they've all struggled in that area with their eyes. Nobody want to be honest? Two, two guys want to be honest. The rest of you just want to act like, oh, no. I only look at the scriptures. Okay. All right. That's just one thing. That's just one thing. And notice that's weighing you down. And to be honest... It's destroying you internally. It's weighing you down. It could be an eating disorder. Sometimes this is more for girls than guys, but guys could struggle with it. When you're doing things like that to hurt yourself because you want to look like a magazine. It's a secret sin. You can't say, well, I'm the only person who knows about it, so it's not hurting anybody. Actually, it is. For starters, it's hurting you tremendously, but it's also hurting all the people in your life because you're not being able to be the same person you could be because of it. 
because it's holding you down and you can't rise. Secret sin could be cutting yourself. It could be doing things to your body to harm it because you feel bad about things you've done in your past. It could be alcohol. It could be other drugs that you use just because you don't want to be in pain. A lot of times that stuff doesn't start with a bad heart. It starts with people are in pain and they don't want to think about their life, so they need to turn to something to relieve them, which is a normal feeling for most people on the planet. You're just turning to the wrong thing. But notice stuff like that, it could be secret because you don't want anybody to know about it, but it's keeping you down so you can't rise. And it's hurting you. So before we pray for people, I want to say a few more things and we'll close here. Is that we cut these things, these weights out of our lives so we can lighten up, so we can rise up. We cut these things so we can run faster in the plane of God. We cut these things so we can rise higher. Notice to our position, which is raised in Christ. And notice all these things that we give up. Is it really giving it up? All those things pale in comparison to God anyways. And anything we thought that we gave up for God, like it was a big deal, God will give you so much better in the end anyways. And you just have to believe that. Because a lot of times that's the reason we don't cut weight. is because we feel like if I really give this up, God will never give me something better than this. So we need to rise from these weights. And you need to realize this, that just like Jesus' resurrection wasn't all about him, yours isn't either. It's not either. Because when you rise, you help others rise. But notice, if you stay weighed down, full of weights, you'll help others to stay in those weights. So just like Jesus' resurrection wasn't about himself, yours isn't either. That's why we need to come out of this camp in another place we've never been before. Because when we rise, others rise. And you know what? Some people might not like it. Who cares? Now I realize I'm not in middle school, high school, or college. I'm not dealing with peer pressure anymore. 29-year-olds are not dealing with that peer pressure. So I can say I don't care all day. It's different for you to say that. But notice when you get back and you start rising, some people might not like it. Some people might not agree with it. But you know what? If you rise, there will be people, there always will be people that notice it and say, you know what? I need that too. Every time. And trust me, those people that will make smart comments now and try to separate from you right now, later on when they need you the most, they'll know who to go to. Why? Because when you rise, others rise. Come on, did you get something tonight?
Well, come on, let's stand up.